If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, listeners, and a special hey, hi. I'm going to do each camera. Hey, hi, and hello to all you patrons out there. Uh, a couple patrons, um, uh, and here they are. Kathleen, Rachel, Jay, Brittany, Alan, Hillary, Davila, ooh, my glasses, Hannah Reagan, Okay, this is just too small, man. I'm sorry. I tried to finesse. I'm sorry, y'all. Okay, here we go. Michelina N, Quamira Murray, Ashley Taylor, Julie Young, and Whitney Musyoka. Whitney, I feel like maybe we went to college together or high school, one of those two. Um, but it's great to see you, friend. And remember, all of you can join the Patreon. We have a link to the Patreon in the episode notes. Please forgive us. Uh, we are running behind schedule today. Just doing a little bit of adjusting um, because we're at my parents' house. So greetings from my youngest sister's bedroom in our childhood home. Um, also, patrons, lastly, remember that we do a monthly book giveaway. Again, behind on all the things, but we will get it done. We'll be giving away Black Sun by Rebecca Roan, by Rebecca Roan Horse, and it's going to be a good time. Ben's already been reading it. We will be reading it for the show. Well, so you- in like probably two weeks or so. So it's, yep. everyone should go buy it. It's really fantastic Correct. so far. There will be more to say, but it is a fantasy, epic fantasy, but sort of based in American indigenous culture, which uh, we were going through your like wait, wait. great-great-grandma. Wait, wait. And- with that being said, oh. let's get started with the show. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci Under the Believe Podcast Network. It is indeed a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page as a family. Today for episode 92, we'll be discussing the film The Waterman. It was directed by a black man. Was uh, it Melvin Van It's, it's actually called The Watermelon Man. You called it The Waterman. Lord. Oh the Waterman is, is actually a different film that we did cover. We did. Okay. So this film is called The Watermelon Man. Who was directed by again, Ben? Uh, we Melvin did watch Van it. Peoples. Melvin Van Peoples. Okay. I was starting to say that, but I wasn't sure. Um, correct. And it is starring Godfrey Cambridge, a f- brilliant black actor. So we will get into that in a second. But yes, like I said, we are currently joining y'all from Athens, Georgia. Georgia. The address is, I'm kidding. Um, Ben, what's it like being in my childhood home yet again? So every time we come back to Georgia, within two days, I start to have like a gas infection heartburn. A gas infection heartburn. What does gas infection feel like? Gas, well, it smells like something. Right. So as soon as I come here, it's like lots of baked beans and meat with every meal and 
and grilled and meat. Do you see meat. now why I don't want I to go it. to barbecue ever? Because it's like constant barbecue every day for breakfast, lunch, yeah. and dinner. Literally for breakfast, I think my dad like pulled out some steak. Yeah. But you're enjoying yourself, right? I am. That is correct. And it is nice to, you know, Wiggles can spend time with her grandmama, just as she did with your mother. Um, and, and we went to a yoga class today. I mean, Athens, Athens is pretty much on the up and up. Like, this isn't a one-horse town situation. It is not a one-horse, but there are places where you could park your horse. There is still a country feel to it. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Uh, uh, we're going to the Georgia Theater yeah, on ben, Friday. Ben is so good. I mean, he's bad at a lot of things, but he's really great at finding opportunities. Um, even in a city that I know, like front to back, Ben has found like, hey, we're going to a yoga class today. We're going to a concert on Friday. Um, it's country though, right? Yeah, it's sort of like folk rock country. Uh, Lost Dog Street Band. Saw them in Chicago. They were fantastic. The guy is just awesome. And you are, your voice, though, you've been talking, though. I could sing country, That yeah. your voice is very country kind of sound. And so hopefully we'll, I want to play some of their songs with you because I think his voice and your voice are on the same register yeah. in a lot of ways. So Growing older is knowing that country actually isn't that bad. Yeah, like it's, it's pretty wonderful. Country's great, and black people live in country. It did. Uh, there's a it a, did it. Wh- which blacks are it's been? Uh, it was invented by black oh, folk. Oh, got it. Oh, yeah, there is a documentary. <laughs> God, Amber's you know, like just always trying time. to catch me in racism. It's and so funny. Most of the time, she does a pretty good job at catching me. Speaking of uh, racism. not racism, but speaking of catching you and stuff like that, it's so funny. One of our videos, which again, I don't read a lot of comments, but every now and then I'll open TikTok and one is like staring right at me and we're just having to stare off. Uh, one comment on our podcast was like, they just let anybody have a podcast nowadays. That is how it works. And I want to say, I mean, and, and as much as we hear very annoying male podcasts about like females with a low body count, that's who I want. As much as we hear those, I mean, preferably me too. I, I don't want <laughs> any of my females to have murdered anybody. Like low. <laughs> yes, I don't want y'all to have murdered lots of bodies uh, in that way. But the the gag, Alicia, about that whole thing is that yes, you you can start a podcast if you're look. We are in my childhood home, just hooking up wires and and, and getting this up. out on the airwaves. And hooking up too. We're o- hooking up over in an RSS child- feed, and we're gonna hook up in this childhood home. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I just want that to. I've been doing this thing where I'm just taking people's negative feedback these days and just turning it into something Impossible. beautiful. It's like a shit Positivity. caterpillar, and I turn it into a butterfly, y'all. Or it's like but, taking but shit wanna... and using it as manure to grow in your own vegetables. Correct. I just want to remind all of you out there, yes, just anybody can start a podcast. Yep. You, If you have an idea, even if it's like ain't shit, look at Joe Rogan. I, I don't fuck with him, but he's wildly wildly successful. So if you have an idea about something, go start a podcast. Please never hesitate can, to reach out to us about how to get started on that because it actually has been quite a journey. Or you can have an idea about nothing and nothing. still start a podcast. And still start a podcast. Just, yeah, we prefer it. to uplift and amplify black creators in the sci-fi and fantasy realm, but some people ain't shit and they ain't got shit to talk about. And they're thriving. So go start a podcast if that's something that you want to do. Speaking of which, um, there are a few of you out there that really enjoy what we do and what we have to say. Oh, before we get into this, uh, Ben, how did you feel about our Washington Post article that came out today? Because we're oh, about to gas ourselves up. Well, it was Talk fant- about that. Talk, Give some behind the scenes uh, fun about that. Right. So uh, today on July 5th, 
the Washington Post dropped an article about interracial couples and uh, interracial <laughs> couples on TikTok. And I which we of, are, which we are, we are. But, uh, but I was reading comments on the Washington Post, and apparently, like a lot of people hate TikTok. They're like, TikTok is terrible. Like I'm oh. assuming these were people like over fifty, over forty, over forty. Someone was like, as soon as something shows up on TikTok, it's ruined by everything. Like there, are, I didn't realize that there are anti TikTokers. Like yeah, like because in my head, TikTok is just a medium, but it actually isn't. TikTok is a specific kind of um, film that people do not like, right? And it's not just a medium. It's sort of like someone saying, I, I you know. I hate books. So, yeah. Well, there's lots of different kinds of books. I you know, saw a fun um, post today, and I'll share this on the Patreon or, or or in the show notes. But this one meme said, "Y'all swear <laughs> if y'all don't have a TikTok and ain't on TikTok, y'all got a, a PhD in maturity." <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I didn't they, know that. They said it better. My delivery was horrible, but it was so funny to me. It's like you're so mature. And you know what? When we go to, I, I go to um, TikTok creator meetings. I'm on. I'm, I'm that cool on TikTok now. Um, when I go to the meetings, like one of the things they keep stressing to us is like, this is not just a kid's app. Like keep y'all's niches, keep doing that. We didn't invent this app. We don't work for this. This app isn't, this app is ran by adults. You're supposed to be 18 plus on the app. So don't just keep telling yourselves that this is for kids and I'm immature. Like it's not just for kids. Like get into it. The other thing I should have thought about this, but in the Washington post comments, a lot of people were saying that, you know, China is going to use all our data from TikTok because it's owned by a Chinese Probably. company and use it to, you know, manipulate or to They're not gonna do to no do more things. than what harm we currently doing to ourselves, right? Yeah. Ish. I mean if it makes you laugh. Wasn't Zuck just Make in court for that? <laughs> Make them laugh. Uh I showed Amber singing in the rain. It was fun. Recently. We're having a good time today. We've been having a great time. Um podcast do, reviews. You yes. want to read this podcast review? Yeah, if you don't have money Please don't give it to us if you don't have it. Um, but you can also write us a podcast review. It's a great way for people to discover the show, what me and Amber are about, which is basically helping people to laugh. And the title of this is Get Ready to Laugh Your Ass Off. Uh, yes, I think I read that right. Um, and then five-star review. Uh, this person, this wonderful human rights. I've been obsessed with Amber and Ben, and of course now Baby Wild, since I first introduced to the, to them via TikTok. I remember seeing on TikTok that they that they had a podcast as well, so I figured I would give it a try. Let me tell you, it was the best thing I ever did. I do like sci-fi here and there. I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with it or anything, but Amber and Ben sure know how to keep the laughs flowing. I listen at work, and I'm pretty sure my coworkers all think I'm crazy because I just burst out and laugh out of nowhere, but I don't care. Because this podcast is just that good. I've definitely become more interested in sci-fi since listening, but you don't have to be a fan of sci-fi by any means to thoroughly enjoy this podcast. I love how they keep it real, keep it interesting, and make us feel like we are all best friends. Can't contribute to Patreon yet since I'm poor, planning a wedding, but once that's over, I will definitely be joining. We were definitely there before. Um, uh, Tasia125, we, we hear you. Uh, and finally, Tasia writes, thank you for making my workdays go by a bit quicker. Love you guys. This awesome. Thank you so much. That was I really know. sweet. Y'all stay kind. I really appreciate that because when we went into this journey, that whole my whole big thing was like, Ben, I don't I have nothing to contribute to this. I I don't read sci-fi. I don't know fantasy. So even if I started with just black authors, I don't know the genre as well to know like to have a 
an opinion on things. And Ben has made me feel so welcome with this. So I'm so, I'm so glad that like our target audience or, or our average listener kind of felt like me going into this and, and stayed for the laughs. Love it. We keep it funny. Uh, so we watched The Watermelon Man. And With the, my parents, too. Yeah, which was fantastic because it came out in the 1970s and your parents sort of grew up in the 70s. They were in middle school at the start of the 70s mm-hmm. and they you know, went to college and... Um, sort of had their young adulthood in the 70s. So this was a lot of fun watching it with them, the whole experience and your dad just laughing and enjoying himself, your mom, you know, coming in. And and he was telling me stories about, you know, uh, the actor, and he sort of knew more things about the 70s than, than we did. Um, but basically the plot of the 70s is that there's this, not of the plot of the 70s, the plot of the 70s was, let me break it down, was, I don't know, that's a long story. It's 10 years of story, but no, The Watermelon Man, which was, you know, uh, released in 1970 is, an, was an independent film actually found out and it made the most money of any other independent film. So that was pretty cool. And then after he made this film, he was offered uh, by these major studios to make three more movies and Melvin Van uh, Peoples was like, fuck y'all, I'm still going to do my own independent thing. And he made another film. I think it was called like Sweet Badass Song. And uh, that you know, broke records again. And so sort of cheers to people taking their own initiative, not taking the major studio's monies and making their own type of thing. Sort of like what TikTok is. It allows And what we're doing right now, even with, I mean. Anybody can do it. Anybody can do anybody it. Like we're with a network, podcast. but we do all of the producing. Yeah. Like they they might hook us up with like advertisers here and there, but not that many. Like yeah. it's, it's all us. Yeah, and we could to say like, we and do whatever them right we want. Now they wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe they would. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it, literally, this idea of the internet allowing people to do what Melvin Van uh, Peebles do um, is is really fantastic. But plot. Of this film, obnoxious white man goes to sleep and wakes up black, and he's got to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's it. It's just that simple, and it's so good. It's not even dated. Like the so, so let's back up a little bit. This whole sort movie, of sad that it's not dated too in a lot of ways. Right? Yeah, super fucking depressing. This whole movie almost ran like a stage play and a stage yeah. production. Like you could hear the music in the back. It almost felt like somebody was scoring it. As they mm-hmm. watch the movie, um, like lots a musical of, director, lots of kitchen sink scenes as well. Like yes, you could you could actually make this because a lot of the film is shot in a in a home and it's shot in the business, and that's it. There's a few other scenes, but it's home and business and where yeah. he works. And Godfrey Cambridge, um, who is the main actor, so he puts on white face, and obviously when he turns black, he's just himself, but he's such a brilliant actor that there were, there are moments during his acting where you will actually believe that he used to be a white man based on how he carries himself. Very a la, um, sorry to bother you when Danny Glover's voice is like, it's not just a voice when you play a white man. It's a, it's the whole attitude. So one of, which you can see the watermelons influence and sorry to bother you. You can see it in mm-hmm. the, the body, you know, the body switch kinds of films of even or some Atlanta uh, episodes. Yeah. It's oh, for very, sure. It's there. So one of the things that Godfrey as Godfrey, that Jeff Gerber is the name of the character. Excuse me. So Jeff Gerber, Gerber wakes baby. up every morning and he races a bus to a bus stop. It's like him and the bus and they're like placing bets on like, who's going to get there first, Gerber or the bus? And so all of the bus passengers are in on it. But when he becomes a black man, you you can't just be a black man running after and a go bus. go jogging. 
Yeah. Right. So obviously white people in his neighborhood are alarmed that he's even there. And he eventually gets accused of purse snatching as he's running through the same areas of town. So I loved that the movie did a really great job, not just addressing and highlighting very blatant racism, but all forms of racism, like um, like the moderate white racism, the friendly white ally racism, the uh, the woman who fetishizes black dick racism like it, it did every kind of it's racism in this story and that and in the 70s so it was so cool to watch him navigate the world as a black man but he carried himself still as a white man and that's the brilliance of his acting you know when he first discovers that he is white he's so shocked right and he's like there's got to be a reason for this and he he hyper focuses on his tanning machine He's like, this tanning machine is what caused me to be black. It's the heat lamp that he uses to tan. And it's just this beautiful commentary of especially white people like having to look for a reason for why a black person is treated the way that they're treated beyond just pure racism and and historical racism. It's like, no, they're treated this way because they're lazy. No, they're treated this way uh, because, um, you know, they don't have the education, so we got to get they're them educated. Thieves. They're, they're thieves. Lazy. Or, or they're lazy. They're morally, they're more, they're lazy. They're morally wrong. And what they do, and this is the scene is just so brilliant because it's played very funny. He's like the heat lamp, and he's like, "What am I?" They said they'd send me another heat lamp. He's like, "What would I do with two heat lamps?" And his wife, you know, uh, who's been convinced that he is actually a white man, says, "Well, maybe you can mate them." And there's just like very just sharp. the comedy is great. Yeah, it's very sharp. It's quick, and um, even like the the more offensive kind of stuff is done in such a way that you're laughing not necessarily at the racism of the joke, but the way it is being played. Yes, um, all and, of the jokes were so clever. Yeah, and it's just it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, lots of lots of great things in this film. The, the eventually the film ends with him learning to accept that he's black. And I was listening yeah. to a review, a review no of No more this. baths, no more bleaching yeah. cream. Oh like, yeah, he's he like, goes through. Fuck, I'm just black. He goes through like a milk bath. Yeah, he, like, he tries to straighten his hair. He's like, "What can I do to?" Which is great, right? Because it, it is something that we as black people who wake up black every day have always experienced, um, in a way, right? Like I'm, I'm going in for a court date. I'm going in for a job interview. How can I convince them that I'm further from my blackness? Let me tame my hair. Let me go get not my wild nails, but like a, a more, a French manicure instead or whatever. Um, so like watching him do that, I was thinking to myself, like, what are all of the ways that I've tried to do this? And that's not even happening to me, you know? Yeah, what ways are you trying to mask your blackness? Well, none now, but definitely Whoa. growing up, like... Oh, like that picture you have right next to you? Oh, God. With your but hair straightened. Is... Amber has this picture... I'll show it to all ...that Audrey I was making fun of her. She looked like a 70-year-old divorcee slash widower. Like her first, first of all, two we could definitely have someone who got a divorce listening to this podcast and they're and gonna be then, like i don't look like that oh i know this i'm sorry it's just like or like a, right or just like a long like a just those million dollar like inheritance just you know lot spends lots of time on 
on yes you're right I, yeah I if you're watching this on youtube which i promise we will get up if you're watching this on youtube i have uh showed you a picture of this uh young lolila this young starlet um glamour shots uh, a little smoky eye I, I was probably like seven or eight in that picture um but i i think what this movie asks is a really big essential question about like if I were to be a part, well, not even this question, this is the question I thought they were asking. Like if I were to be a part of a more oppressed group, what would I lose? Right? Because, um, Jeff Gerber loses, you know, as, as the movie continues, he loses his job in, in a way, right? He loses his wife. He loses his kids. He loses his house. He loses a lot, uh, navigating a black body every day. But what we really need to ask ourselves is like, as a part of a group that's not as oppressed as another one is like, what do you gain? Right. Because we all do have things to gain. Like, and I know it's like, well, white privilege, white privilege, white privilege. But I too have, you know, um, ableist privilege or what like or i'm educated so what privileges are come with that like there there's a level like that's there's a level of privilege that we all have and i mean i'm sure there's somebody out there that's like but i'm black and disabled and gay and this and and neurodivergent and which is true but there But but if you know a term like neurodivergent then you also have a privilege of education yeah so like everyone has different kind levels of privileges for sure yeah yeah everybody does and i know like as black people we're like not us said the cow but it's like yes we do or it just depends on where you are so it really makes you think critically about the life and luxury and you know knapsack of unearned goods what is that peggy mcintosh that you have yeah so um, even with his even because he's black he ends up his his boss first of all most white people his neighbors his boss they pretty quickly accept that he's just turned black yeah and his kids really accept it they're they're like like, okay not 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 a problem but his boss he works for an insurance salesman immediately is like oh this is great because you can make me money now now. you can you can tap into the whole market of a uh, black folk, you know, there's a whole market of black folk who've not got insurance. So he's and, being tokenized at work. Yeah, and it's it's you're like, wait, what? Like a lot of the stuff that this movie was playing with are things that are still very much um, a, a part of today, where companies are like, you know what, we got to get you know black couples in here, and we got to show that we're you know that diversity, uh, the the mm-hmm. all the universities do that too. They're like diversity we gotta put- photo. Yep. We got to put these folks on our our brochure so more yep. people come here. Exactly. And da, 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 but you're not improving any conditions it, on campus for African Americans. You're not. It's a way to almost assuage have... the guilt. Yes. A, a little Correct. bit uh, without making any long lasting change, which is something that the article that we read today uh, from the Washington Post they got to as well, where companies will reach out to you know mixed influencer, you know mix influencers who come from a mixed family, sort of just to assuage the guilt. And sort of being aware of that, um, both as the and consumer as, and as yeah. the person who's producing. And that, as the just, talent, we're aware of when they're like definitely trying to. Obviously, we make very funny content and things like that, but it is. We just take their money and give it to the uh, the Black Panthers. It is inarguable that we have militism. found more success because we are an interracial couple. Like, like people can say all day, but like, but I work hard, but I create content. Like, I'm not just that, and it's just like. We all work hard. If you create content, you work hard. I work very hard to be a comedian, but 
a lot of people sadly were not interested in my story and point of view as much as they are interested in the white man running in the back of my video. And for me to act like that's not true is just ignorant. Yeah, it's a little ignorant. It is. And uh, I think that's what Melvin, um, well, you know, Jeff Gerber has to, he he has his, what, um, uh, you know, Abraham uh, Kendi refers to as a... uh, a racial um, puberty. He goes to uh-huh. racial puberty. Yes. Ooh, can I talk like about one facet of that? In a hyper, hyper quick kind of way. Go for it. I, yeah. love, I love the term racial pu- puberty because that puberty, puberty we're starting to learn isn't synonymous with age all the time. You know, like, let's say you're transgender. There's a there's a new puberty that might happen depending on when you decide to transition in your life. Um, and I think about people like, um, as he is, I'm not thinking of a transgender person. Let me say this first. As he is transition as he is discovering that he's black and slowly starting to accept that what you see happening is that he does not have kinship with other black people. Mm-hmm. Like they'll say yep. like, what you doing? You know, we can't run around. And he's like us, we, who is this? We we're talking about. Yeah. Um, and that does take, and that racial puberty is something that takes some people a very long time to settle in when I'm thinking about like this Herschel Walker bullshit and stuff like that. And it's like, you still don't get it. Do you like you, you are out here. Herschel Walker. You mean Herschel, Herschel Walker. Walker's you are out here. here criticizing black men and family and fathers. And you, you are us. Yeah. Herschel Walker is <laughs> sort of like a Jeffrey Gerber in some yes, ways. Absolutely. Yes. And so we, we see this over and over and Ben taught me a long time ago is like, that is racism too. Like if there is a black judge who has racist ideals about black people and is sentencing them to jail, like that is racism, you know, cause we all talk all the time about like black people can't be racist. It's like, but if you are a black person actually upholding systems of oppression and sentencing other black people like that is racism yeah i also think that's a dangerous idea because what can happen is a white person can say well herschel walker is not racist see or the republican party is not racist because we have black people you know running for and it's like actually no like and and when you can accept the idea that certain black people can can be racist then you can sort of combat that kind of idea that the Republican Party is, I think, a racist institution. Like, there's, I just don't understand how, you know, I think the Democratic Party is also a racist institution, less so than a Republican Party. Uh, but I think it's just an abs- But I hear Republicans often say that, you know, Republicans aren't racist, uh, which is funny. Because I don't really hear Democrats saying they're not racist. Right. I, I'm actually more likely to hear a Democrat admit that they have, they've mm-hmm. been racist before. And it's sort of, Democrats have sort of, or the institution has accepted racism within itself more so than the, than the Republican Party. But it's sort of something that, a way to combat that. And people will latch on to little things like, uh, we, we talked about this in the article, but the notion that we're in a post-racial society because there are biracial children. It's like, well, look, if there's so much racism, then why like, why are these kids popping up yeah. everywhere? Like, th- We have to be moving forward, right? It's like, no, I know plenty of biracial children that have racist parents. Like, that's, 
whatever. Um, something but, else I was thinking about yeah, was he, <laughs> to, to lighten the mood just a little bit, I was thinking a lot about that Devil Wears Prada monologue. If you're, if you're not familiar with it, you, stop what you're doing. Do not listen to us. Go watch the Devil Wears Prada and come back. But there's a scene in the Devil Wears Prada where... True art. Andy, true art. True art. Andy, the intern, is watching them like decide between two different belts, and she's laughing. She she lets out a little snicker, and she's Very like, famous scene. "I'm sorry, these belts look exactly the same to me." And the first thing Miranda Priestly says, like, "Oh, you still think you think this has nothing to do with you? Yeah, you go to your closet, and I, you know I could do the whole monologue, but." It's so that, funny that when he that quote can actually be that uh, applied quote to is going to be racism. used for you niggas who think you can walk into the country club. I'm just kidding. Jeff Gerber in one scene tries to like just walk into the country club like, oh, as a this, black man. This has nothing to do with me. He's like, me. no, no, no. This, I, I mean, I'm not black. I have a lunch with so and so today. It's like yeah. you are a nigga. Okay, so you and so in my brain, I was just thinking like, oh, you still think this has nothing to do with you? Yeah, and that's what I think about when I think about like the Herschel Walkers of the world and like the, this. this uh, is, we're not that Ben kind Carson's. Of black. It's like you think this Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with you. That's funny. Yeah, that's so funny. Like because it all trickles back down. You think this has nothing to do with you? Interesting. Yeah, I do wonder. I do wonder. If there is a possibility because wealth can be such an outlier where there are people whose wealth, black black people um, uh, or non, I'll just say non-white people in general, whose wealth can literally shield them for their entire life. Yes. Uh, from and also, I will say this. Something that I do not like is when people are uh, black when black Republicans are called not black, like I still don't like that. Like I still do not like when people say like Candace Owens ain't black for real. Barack Obama, he, is he black? You know, like I don't like any of that. Blackness yeah. doesn't have to mean one thing or the other, but those niggas do get on my nerves. I will say that, <laughs> that they are being actively racist and, you know, a myriad of other despicable things, but I, I would never just say like, this person isn't black. I'd just be like, they are still like, I have new language for it now. I'm like, they are still, you know, so I can sleep at night. I'll be like, they're having a slower time than others with their racial puberty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and one day they're going to come to. Hopefully. Hopefully. Right. Hopefully. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting when we're talking about the job. So at one point he leaves the, he's an insurance he does house insurance, I think, or homeowners insurance. Yeah. He decides to leave that company because he realizes like he's giving black couples sound advice on insurance. And his boss is like, well, like why would you tell them, them the truth? Yeah, yeah, take yeah. Them why? Yeah, you worth. should be using these people, blah, 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 blah. And so Gerber decides to leave and open his own firm. Um, but before he decides to open his own firm, I'm pretty sure at one point he goes to apply for a job. And with his insane credentials, like Ivy League, top of his yeah. class, blah, 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 he still ends up being like a garbage man. Yeah. Um, or something like that. So he just, I mean, in, in every move he tried to make literally was running into a problem. And I think at the end of the movie, it's really great because I, I love that he does not turn back white. Yeah. Because that There's... is why, that is what what we loathe about um, transracial, the, the, the new transracial movement that's happening right now. Because it's mostly just one race being able to jump in and out of blackness or Asianness or whatever. It's not other people like for the most part. Right. Yeah. 
it's mostly just white people saying like, but I feel black, but I've been, I've been raised by black people. That's why I do blah, blah, blah. It's like, but no other race can do this. So right. stop wearing blackness like a costume. And so I feel like this movie did a really good job of not changing him back. I'm sure they thought between themselves like, okay, should this wear off or whatever? Also, there's no reason why he wakes up black or white, right? Yeah. Well, that's, and I think that's the point is that yes. there's an absurdity. I just didn't want to misspeak to, in yeah, saying Yeah, yeah. There's yes. no, there's, the, we never yeah. discover he the reason. Sort of like the meta- metamorphosis. The yes, r- yes. Kafka. Oh. Right. But um, I read that and the, the author, I, yeah. yeah, the author, no, the author of The Watermelon Man uh, um, was very much oh, influenced by first? France. Oh, uh, Franz Kafka. Uh, I think the screenwriter. Yeah. Um, if, if you're not familiar with Metamorphosis, he wakes up just as a huge cockroach, right? Yeah. It doesn't make has, any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Absurdity. To de- de- deal with that. Is it a little bit of stream of consciousness as well? I, uh, I, I read it no, so no, long ago no, no. in high school, maybe. No, okay. no, not stream of consciousness. But I do want to say, though, uh, that is a criticism about him sort of seeing that a garbage, being a garbage worker is sort of less than. It's below his credentials. And this is a larger problem in our society, but we look at certain like jobs that are critical. Society cannot function without no. a garbage. If if a garbage I know, company but that, goes you know under, that's not the point they were trying to it's make. It's not the point, but I think it speaks larger to the larger American idealism that there are certain um, levels of jobs, right? Yeah. That this job is more important than the other. I mean, Being it's not doctor, idealism when some jobs get paid better than others. Right, and that is I don't agree with it. That's, I'm just saying, that's, oh, oh. That's the problem. But even still, like, you know, people, there are certain societies where you get you get paid more, but they have an immense, be, you get paid more to be a doctor or to be, you know, um, well, not that's not always the case, right? You get paid more to be a, a gangster, like you get paid more to run you know, the Italian <laughs> yeah, mafia. Yeah, but the price you pay potentially. But, but but people will probably have more respect for like a teacher or something than like an Italian. I know plenty man. of people that have respect for the Italian mafia. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that not always, not always. You. Just an example that there are some people who get paid less who are that job is held in a deeper level of respect than, than a, you know, like a day trader or whatever. Like who, right. who really respects a day trader for what they're doing for a society? They're probably going to respect somebody who's making a lot less than them, maybe, you know, a teacher or a, a doctor or something. But day traders make a million. So, uh, you know what I mean? Do you the, think you could ever pose the question? Sorry, this is a random question. Go for it. Let's say you're arguing with someone. Um, let's say you're arguing with a man about Roe versus Wade being overturned or something, right? A, a man who's obviously opposed to Yeah, abortion. I'm arguing with men. Blah, blah, blah. Don't really yeah. talk to men. I know you don't, but you you know, you talk to a couple. And do you think if you pitch to them, like, if you woke up as a woman and X amount happened to like, do you think they would try to, like, in their brain, potentially, like, navigate the world in that? Because... As a black person, and I don't know if other black people do this, you can sound off if you do. I do that all the time. I run whatever someone's telling me through the lens of if that happened to me, or maybe that's just empathy, or through yeah. a black lens, even. Well, you're asking how do you teach someone empathy? Thought, ex- how, yeah, like, thought exercises. Uh, it could, it depends. There's not like a one trick type of thing that works for everybody whenever i talk with somebody who has a conflicting idea with me i like to go with a more like socratic method where i'm like asking them questions to figure out like what do they value we also learn about this in community organizing like find their self-interest right what self-interest 
do I, someone who is pro-choice, have with someone who is, you know, anti-choice? I don't want to say pro-life because I think that's a misnomer, but they're anti-choice. So what self-interest that I have that my my pro-choice allows me to have and then find that pinpoint sort of connect, try to connect the dots for them. And yeah, that's, that connection of dots is going to look very, very different. Doesn't yeah. Work. Well, the, yeah, it becomes about an argument and our people are very, are very rarely convinced with an argument, right? You can Correct. actually, you can have a debate and you can lose your debate and still walk away with your beliefs because it's not that. Correct. What, what really changes someone's ideas through a lived experience and having a relationship with them. So yeah, and then trying to pinpoint that self-interest. But yeah, I want to get back to um, the various forms of racism. One of my my favorite forms of racism, (laughs) my best, my favorite form of race, no, it's the racism that I find the most, uh, the one that I combat or see the most is like very liberals, like very hardcore liberals, but they're like liberal up to a point, you know. Yeah, his wife said that, yeah. Yeah, it's like I'm liberal, but to a point. He was like, I thought you liked me like this, or whatever, or I thought you were okay with this situation. And she was like, I mean, I'm liberal up to a point. That was up, what she literally yeah, said in the show. Up to a point in the movie, and it, it, yeah, it's just it's so fascinating. It's something as as someone who has like been part of politics that I see all all the time especially within the democratic party which is super frustrating for me they're like you know we we want um universal health care but to what extent are we going to go that way does it do really um and a lot of very wealthy democrats will simply refuse to push for legislation that is you know, taxing wealthier kinds of people. Um, just I mean, because- even just in smaller scenario, like a- away from politics and legislation, we have those ideas of like, I mean, I'm cool with gay people, but if my child was gay, like that would be, you know, like I- I'm-, I'm accepting up until a point, yeah. you know, or like, I'm okay with people with autism. Would I date a person who has autism? I don't know. It's like we, and, and again, if you fall on either side of those questions, it, it just really takes some thinking about like, hmm, what what are the mindsets and beliefs that I have that are giving me pause and making me reluctant? You know, because something I've de- you should be doing every day. That's why we have this because podcast. you asked me that on one of our first dates. You were like, "Would you date a trans person?" Because Ben said yes, he would, and I was like, "Well." I don't think I would because it would be really difficult to support them with their transition. I don't know if I would be the best person for that. And honestly, what I was hearing was just a bunch of excuses and transphobia. That's what I was hearing. Right? From me. From me. Sorry. Yes. Yes. And I have had to like, what were you thinking? I just was trying to think what um, that, I'm thinking back to that conversation we had at what? Our first date. Yeah. I think we were just talking about. Literally on our first date, Ben was I like, think "Would you date a trans person?" I, I was like, "People were are you talking. trying to tell me something." <laughs> no, 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 no. We were no, we were. I think bathrooms at this point had started to become an yeah, issue. Yeah, this is like seven or eight years ago. We're, yeah. Well, just I just want to confirm right now if I would date a trans person. I, I wanted to talk about my and, my um, which, gender which is another with thing. That. What, it was, would hate, that be what you call it? I hate liberals who are like allies, and and they find their their identity through the allyship. Or their relationship that they have, right? So, like a straight person. My best person, friend is blank. Or yeah, but even I think even in in the in the hyper small circles that we run in um, within, like queer community of Chicago, like you you'll meet you you'll meet people who um, 
might have a girlfriend or a boyfriend who's trans, and because of that, they think that they are doing the Lord's work or something. Oh, really? Yeah, there's, yeah, sure. I didn't think about that. Do you think people think you do that because I'm black? Oh, of course. I think, and I think that's sort of the thing. Oh, the response is that you are doing the Lord's work. An overwhelming response. Yeah, it's by being with me. It's it. I am doing the Lord's work. <laughs> I'm doing Buddha's work. I'm doing Muhammad's work. Uh, Allah's work. Allah, oh my goodness! Um, by being with me? No, no. But I think that's something that again, this idea of fetishizing without realizing it, which is another mm-hmm. thing uh, that um, they're like, "Oh, look at Ben with all that." Yeah, ass. Me on me or ass. on me you. Um they 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 give you props because I've you gotten some my more, ass. But I've gotten some more chunky chunky uh on my butt just a little bit more for you. I hold. love it. It's great. I Let's like talk it too. right it's, now about how you feel about your body. It yeah, we can get right into it. Um I have this shoulder pain that I want to get maybe we can get <laughs> you can rub later. Okay, so a Lucky size. Me. Do we have any size? Uh the only size that I have is that uh, I can just a warning if you do watch this. Um, there is people who say white people who say the n word, yes, um, and and not the kind that Amber uh, is allowed to say or will say. Uh, I'm I'm not. What word are you talking about? Um. Anyway, <laughs> not funny. I'm trolling you. Not funny. Uh. So yes, and it and some of the things that are played for laughs. You know, um, I could see someone taking that in an offensive way, right? Like, you especially have a how title. he treats women. He's like, "Good morning, sluts!" <laughs> like to all the white women, women in the office, which is like, God. "Come on, dude! Yeah, like, it, this it guy is, is cringy." Yeah, but he, there is that guy at work. He's like, he "Look at all these fast ass girls out here." It's obnoxious just like, is shut up, asshole. Yeah, he's a misogynistic. Yeah, pig. but they but they had to play it over the mm-hmm. top um, because. I mean, it, it it ran very well in that way. The only side I would give is there are some awkward like music. montages yeah. and music cuts where you really truly don't know like did the video just pause or did was this intentional? So that's weird. Um, but I will say at the very end he joins like the Black Liberation Movement and it, it's really cool to see or it's implied that he does. Yeah. Um, that's really cool to see. But I, I and you can there, sort of I quite enjoyed the what, film. You can understand why he would do that. Like he's. He's been mistreated at his job. He's lost his family. He's, yeah, so. Ben, it's a red robin. Blow it a kiss before it leaves. Blow it a kiss before it it's, leaves. No, that's not a red blow robin. It. Yes, it's a cor- it is. It's a cardinal. No, it's not. That's a red, it's a, you blow. It's a robin. You blow a kiss when you a, see a robin. a cardinal. Because oh, it is you, a red. It's it's have, a red robin. Because if you, see, if you do that, robin. you'll see somebody oh, you haven't seen in a long time. There's an actual like red the, robin? Damn, I didn't know that red robins were a thing. Yes. Uh, oh, you blow You knew robins were a thing, right? Yeah, I knew so you'd that. You'd have to assume. Are there other robins that aren't red? Yeah, most robins aren't red. That ain't true. Most robins are not that red. That ain't true. Card- there are cardinals. Cardinals are Let red. Let me see. Robins. Yeah, the first image that you pull up when you see a robin, they're not oh. red. Yeah, absolutely not. They 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 have a red sort of orangey breast. But now look up red robin. And we're lo- we're looking this up right now. Yeah. Like, um, why wouldn't we be doing that? Red I think no, no, I think that was a cardinal. It was a cardinal. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, maybe um, it was, I don't know. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, Ben, if you woke up black tomorrow, what would be the first thing you would do? Oh my I... God, Chris Brown and Little Dicky had a video about this. Did you ever see it? I'm gonna show it to you when we get off. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what do, the and first thing I think I Little Dicky do... like just started saying the N word a bunch of times and did some other fun stuff, but but the video is like it's Chris Brown really. Oh, uh, you know, like, okay. Um, Freaky Friday. It was okay. like a thing. Okay. I'm gonna show it to you after this. If if y'all know what I'm talking about, sound off. That's. It's funny. But if you woke I, up black tomorrow, what would be the first thing you would I would probably do? read a book because that's what I do every morning. I would not change <laughs> So you're saying routine. black people don't read? No, I would so not. So you want to help the race because change. black people don't be reading books. That's what you said on the airwaves. Because they just, let anybody have a podcast nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> you know you would be trying to scrub your skin or something and figure out like what's going on. He does go to a doctor, and his doctor, at one point, there's, he's like, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just, and then a says- A nigger. <laughs> that's yeah. what he tells him. And I'm like, yeah. wow, okay. This, I mean, this film is fantastic. I think it's super relevant. <laughs> Even on the roast of Flavor Flav once, this guy was like going in on Flavor Flav. He was like, the fact that he's black is like the fifth thing wrong with him. And, and it, it was just, it was, I think it was like Jeff Ross or somebody. It was like, we don't hate Flav because he's black. That's like the fifth thing wrong with him. You know why Dave Chappelle sort of stopped doing his show? You know, he, he no. was he was making jokes like you were, and he was just tired of seeing all white people in the audience laughing. Like he, he, ha, ha. Yeah. 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 And, and at that point, he mentions it very briefly in the David Letterman interview that he does. But then I had a friend, you know, a couple, you know, 10 years ago tell me you know why david uh why uh, dave Chappelle stopped doing that i was like all right explained to me that he you know because most people who were going to his shows were white people you know yeah i mean i know that that sucks but there is an element i mean obviously this didn't happen to dave Chappelle because he's come back and he's creating i'll say uh he's doing jokes and stand up and being a comedian but there was a time in this this will all make sense in a second. So at the very end of a yoga class, as a teacher, if you're a good teacher, you'll do a little bit of a self-share at the end of a class sure. based on the theme that you gave. So what if you did a theme about, um, you know, being present at the end of class? You'll be like, this I, found a mo- I, I, I found a moment this week where I wasn't being present in the form of blah, blah, blah. And I told myself, you give a little speech, right? And when I first started teaching, at the very end of class, 75% of the class would leave early in the middle of my story. So I stopped sharing because I saw people doing that. And so one of my yoga mentors came to a class once and she was like, why aren't you doing some sort of like self-share or acknowledgement or call to action or those great things that you used to do at the end of a yoga class because I remember, she's like, I used to laugh when you did that. I used to yeah. love you being vulnerable. You're funny. And you know, I am a person who is vulnerable. So she's yeah. like, this is so anti-Amber. And I told her, I was like, Hinker, well, I noticed that as I was shared at the end of a class, people would get up, some people would get up and walk away. And she's like, yeah, but did people stay? Did anybody stay? And I was like, yeah, there were always people that stayed. And she's like, so why would you stop doing for the people? Why would you stop doing the thing that you know you are good at doing? for the people who are leaving for, for the, yeah. for the audience. It doesn't matter. And so she kind of taught me in that moment that like, 
even if only haters three people, are gonna hate. Right, yeah. yeah, but like even if only three people are there to hear your story on the other side of this class or the other side of the screen, like still tell it if it's genuine and sincere. And so I think that's why Dave Chappelle probably came back to comedy. He's like instead of just worrying about like the white people who are laughing at this these super racist jokes like why don't I think about the black people that this really meant a lot for you know like because there were you still did have a black audience that was supporting you maybe that they weren't the majority because black people are not the majority in this country but I think that's never enough of a reason to stop doing something Hmm. don't you think oh for sure yeah do you catch yourself like doing similar things you're like let me stop everything I do is just for me I'm a selfish bastard so yeah if, if that I being said, like if something. I woke up white, oh my God, <laughs> I'd hop on TikTok right away so I could charge an insane rate for doing nothing. I'm just kidding. Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's a funny joke. <laughs> it's a joke because you're implying that TikTok white creators don't do anything. They just, they just white. They just flip their hair. People are like, this is amazing. And my hair won't even flip. It literally defies gravity. Anyway. White people, I don't hate y'all. You know, this is banter. Um, Mostly. With that being said, Ben, why don't you warp up the show? All right. In conclusion, uh, The Watermelon Man is a classic piece of independent independent, independent filmmaking that everyone should go check out. Uh, Just be aware there is um, a lot of um, inappropriate language throughout. For some. Yes, for for some. Uh, I think for everyone I yeah think. yeah for sure. yeah uh so just be aware of that as you watch it uh but it is an important piece of film so check it out thanks ben thank you so much for listening to the sci-fi side podcast up next for episode 93 we will be watching season one of the man who fell from earth be sure to watch the man who fell to earth the tv series it's on showtime uh jenny lamette is the black um it's co-directed but she is the black co-part and we stand so check that out and we'll see y'all check that out and we'll see y'all next week for the show bye y'all thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.